0: We are back in the football shed. Your uh. weekly podcast. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, you
1: could have done that earlier. Couldn't you? you didn't
0: mean it. Hello, everyone. We are your weekly podcast about football for fans that live in the wrong time zone and also have a belching problem. <laughs> My name's John Hewitt, and Jeff King is here. G'day, <laughs> and Roger Gibbs is here. Hello. That was the worst introduction. <laughs> <laughs> so,
2: sorry, I didn't mean that at all. So, Jeff, I'm going to guess that you're drinking beer this evening. Furfies. magical, mystical, furfies bought from a real-life human shop. Wow, did you buy it yourself? No, no, mm. my wife bought it for me on oh, the cause... way home. <laughs> and magic. it makes you
1: belch. Yes.
2: Um Roger,
0: here your beer's delicious. What have you got? No, it's crap.
1: I'm going <laughs> to I feel bad like slagging off an independent brewery, but it's a shed shaker frailty pale ale from Castlemaine. Yep. And it's crap. Oh, well, it's good like it's yeah. good to
0: get an honest review. Yeah.
2: Castle, mean, mean, Castle mean mean the, the town
1: Castle or mean the, the, town?
2: The, the breweries? No, the
0: town, not Castle. No,
1: not 4X. No, yeah. uh, no the town. In the town in Victoria. Wow. I'm on. I'm, I'm coming on, for
0: you, Shed Shaker. I'm on this new wine <laughs> <laughs> called Aldi $5 wine. Ooh,
1: I, 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 haven't, I haven't seen that one before, John. I That's was in a meeting exciting. today
0: um, and we got on to... W- my work, you have to work over... Um, What's the race called Melbourne Cup.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we do a
0: sweepstake and stuff and they're talking about getting drinks in and stuff and I was like, "Oh, I've got this wine uh that's really good." And so I told everyone about this wine and afterwards everyone emailed me it was like, "Oh, can you send me a picture of that wine?" <laughs> <laughs> I should get a job for Aldi. You absolutely should, yeah. Um but every week we do start with a question. Um but before we do a little bit of admin, uh if you want to get in contact with us, ask us a question, um tell us why we're wrong about something or why Jeff's disgusting for belching at the start. Um, you can find us on Facebook, just search Football Shed, or email us at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com. Um, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review, and of course tell your mates so more people can listen. Now this week's question is about Man United. Roger you ready? Don't feel like you're concentrating on my question, I'm Roger. Concentrating, John. It's a really good question. Okay. In which month and year was the last time Man United were ahead at half time and lost a league game? So home or away, any league game, they were ahead at half time and then they end up losing. And just pick a month, month and year.
2: I actually think this is one of their incredible statistics. So I, I'm going to say December 1998.
0: December 1998,
2: Rog.
1: Uh, March 2004.
0: (laughs) Um, The answer is May 1984. Wow. I was five months old at the time. Against Ipswich, Alan Sunderland scored the winner. The Tractor
2: Boys. No Tractor Boys. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Ipswich down. But that's ridiculous. That is actually ridiculous, yeah. Because
0: they were 1-0 up against Liverpool this weekend at half-time, and then the commentator said, oh... Just the last time that they lost is it 1984? Yeah, that's that's out
2: 35 that's years. insane, it's absolutely insane. And considering there, there have been so many iterations of Manchester United during in that period, there's been good and bad and terrible. I so mean, in is that order,
1: again? Just, just run me through it again.
2: I feel like you didn't concentrate on no, the I questions. No, right. <laughs> it's
1: just so amazing that I want to hear it again. Just
0: so Man United have not lost, um, for a league game, home or away from being ahead at half time, they've not lost. Since May 1984. Wow. Yeah, there we go. The, 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 the,
2: no, no, John, tell me about the stat again. So, <laughs> go on. <laughs>
0: Have I told you about my Aldi wine?
2: Yeah. <laughs> oh, <God. laughs>
0: Quick. No, so what we're going to do this week, um, a lot of VAR has happened in the world this week. There's been a lot of incidents in the Premier League and we're a quarter of a way through the season. So we thought it'd be worth having a quarterly look at VAR and basically do a report card of how are we going a quarter of a way through the year
2: a VAR crap that's not a report card <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> remember when that lady emailed in saying that we swear too much she can't play this podcast to her yeah. kids Yeah, it's your fault
1: Rog yes. not mine it's definitely not my fault <laughs> <laughs> think of those I'm things. not going to say think, anything more than that think, Jeff, of, the not, children, cast, think of the children I'm not casting blame on anybody I'm just yeah. going to say it's definitely not me
0: I'm my report card which is like all my
2: school ones could do better could do better interesting uh, my report, report card is nine out of ten. Wow, you're loving it. Predictable. Now, but I would. I would okay,
1: uh, uh, a more considered response would be. That oh,
2: what did you saying? I didn't consider my response. I
1: have some issues with it, as we know. But if I look at it objectively, um, I think that the good has generally outweighed the bad, and I I don't agree with the way it's been introduced. And I personally don't think we should use VAR in the way we're using it but it's not I have to embrace it because it's not going to go anywhere yeah we can't go backwards no, now it's and like I, and I think I do have faith that the things that are currently going wrong with it are largely about because we haven't thought about the effects of VAR and how it's going to impact on other rules in the game and the way we look at them and those will be ironed out by next season so we'll have a whole season of case study of how, you know that happened like the, the classic one is I, I don't think i've we've argued too much about the ar in principle it's more been about how it's been applied and so the offside rule classic like yeah. you know it's not up for debate as uh, same with that the, the handball rule N- if it leads to a goal not up for debate there's these specific conditions yeah um it's not a technology I disagree with. It's how it's being applied. So it's being applied to make decisions when it's not accurate enough to definitively make that decision. To me, that's bad science. That's wrong. Yeah. Um, it's going to make us relook at the handball rule. Now, I don't think those are necessarily issues with VAR. They're issues with how we're using the tool.
0: Yeah. No, I agree with that. And I think I, I, we're in a sticky problem now, that, sticky problem, sticky situation now, that because they're not overturning anything... It's almost gone so far that when they do overturn something, it's going to be a huge. They've got to pick the right thing because as soon as they pick the wrong thing, then everything else will snowball under that, and they can't change the parameters halfway through the season because if you suddenly have a first half of the season that goes like this, and then a second half of the season like this, everyone's just going to complain completely because everyone will go, "I should have had a penalty here. I should have had a penalty then," and so they've built a grave for themselves that they can't actually back out of for the whole of this season. So I think this season, it's almost pointless it being there.
2: Yeah, I I mean, I agree with both of you, really. I think, Roger, you're right. The VAR contentious decisions have been almost nothing to do with VAR. They've been to do with the implementation of the rules of the game. And the rules of the game being open for interpretation and us now we're in a position to actually solidify what is a and what is b we're realizing that the differential between a and b is actually a bit too gray for us to understand however i feel like um i feel like we're in a better position we're getting more things right and we're weeding out a bunch of old dinosaurs that are still part of the game that sit there going, oh, go back, go back, send it back, send it back. I don't want it. And I'm like, actually, I want to see those people. I want to see you take your mask off, call yourself a dinosaur, and piss off.
0: Yeah, do you know? I think the my biggest gripe with VAR is when people get on the radio or whatever and go, oh, we should just go back to what. There's you don't go back. There is no going. You back. can't yeah. go backwards. You mm. should just have it. That it's gone. Move forward. Everything moves forward.
2: Yeah, and and you know we one of our biggest fears has not come true, and I, and I think that that is credit to VAR. We we were expecting, and the the rhetoric pre season was about the the kind of idiosyncrasies of football and decision making, and the fact that that's part of it. You know, that was it a red card or wasn't it a red card is part of the thing that we enjoy, and we're taking away the love, and we were scared about that, and the public was scared about that. Yeah. And the, but we were. You know, worried that the the pantomime of football would leave us. And actually, it's quite the opposite. It's added to the pantomime of football. Because we're still talking about contentious decisions. The thing is, we're not saying, was the ref right or was the ref wrong? We're saying, was VAR right and VAR wrong? And actually, the same conversations have the same amount of air time. It's just now we have a label for all of them. Before, we were we were yelling at the linesman. We were yelling at the ref. Mm. We were yelling at players for diving and simulating. We were doing, we were yelling at everyone. And because of that, it was everyone's fault. Now, say, you just- now, we... You carry, you like now we've, we've condensed that into one thing which is VAR we're saying it's VAR's fault which means it feels bigger than it is because we've given it all one umbrella yeah. and actually you know, it's the same amount of airspace in my opinion and the word that I picked up on there was diving I've not spoken about diving
0: once this season I don't think any of us have and generally diving was a regular occurrence on the shed and we don't speak about it at all. We never go, oh, this person's dive or that person's dive, because
2: it's just gone from there. You raise a really good point. We're talking about the fundamentals of the handball rule. We weren't doing that last year. We were talking about who's a cheating bastard. You yeah. know, we remember when Diego Costa was here and we were talking on the shed every week, you know, did he go down easy? You're like You just don't now. No. You just can't. It, it, we're saying we're not overturning things if there's a dive with zero contact it will be overturned there is a threshold for overturning yeah, a decision but
1: i do have some concerns with this though in that we're applying it that way in in the premier league but it's not being applied that way in some of the other leagues in europe so then when we go into international football or european football we're potentially at a disadvantage because it's being applied differently i also want to talk to your point about you i think the thing you're enjoying about var is the The talking points and that it hasn't like that hasn't gone away it's just like you said there's been more of it there's been more um you know discussion about the decisions and um and and, like you enjoy that and all the debate that goes around it but my only i know there's no going back but i think the only point i would say to the defense of those people is that and this is my personal opinion here. I don't necessarily think it's right, and I definitely yeah. don't think it's going to go this way. But my personal opinion in sport is that players make mistakes. Um, you know, officials should also have the ability to make mistakes, and it adds to the game. And if we look at some of the most famous moments in sporting history, whatever sport, some of them involve yeah. refereeing errors. Yeah. Now, I don't necessarily think that less errors are getting made. With VAR, in terms of total numbers, they're just being they're being made the wrong decisions being made at a different level of detail. No. Yeah, uh, so it, so it's so. But if that's, I'm, I'm generalising. Yeah, it, you know, yeah. But if that's the case, it that might not be true. I could be talking yeah. complete bullshit. But if that is true, then it's kind of like, what is actually the point of VAR?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, You're just moving the errors it, from one place
2: to another place. That's right. But I, I'd argue that. We now have an emotion in football that we didn't have before. And, and I'll, I'll pick out an example from the last six months Spurs in the Champions League semi final. Was it Spurs Man City? Was that, yeah. was that the game where Aguero scored in the last minute? You remember this? Not in the last minute. I mean, you remember the scenario. Yeah. When Aguero scored that goal, and it was then going up for review. Uh, there isn't a person who was watching that game that wasn't in this heightened state of emotion. That was kind of a, a it was like tantric sex. You know, you're you prolonging this 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 feeling of is it isn't it is it yeah. isn't it and and it doesn't I don't know what the result was. Yeah. It was gonna
1: be a climax, you know. <laughs> In, in its footballing <laughs> terms. But, but Are you going to do a plug for your sex podcast? <laughs> well, no, you mentioned it. Um,
2: so I think that that in itself, I'd not experienced that before that game. That was the first game where I'd been so involved and the VAR decision was so marginal and took so long to get right and was so important in such a huge competition that actually there was a feeling there that I'd not had before in football. And because of that, I'm grateful for it. To counter that... Um, we introduce this podcast every week as
0: fans who live in the wrong time zone. We all live in Australia, so we are football fans that can't watch every game, can't go to games because we love the Premier League, but we're on the wrong side of the world to watch it. And that's what we, from over here watching on TV, um, and yes, we have clubs we support, but also we just enjoy watching football. We're slightly removed from that scenario. If I'm a fan in the stadium and I'm the Man City fan on that night and watching that, I would find that so frustrating. Like I get what you're saying about how it's a new, different drama, but to go through that massive high of going, yes, we're through, to no, we're not, I'd be so furious. And imagine
1: if now, I think that's even worse because now we've seen it this year already. Imagine if that would have actually been closer, that offside, and it would have been like Sterling's... Hawkeye, yeah. Sterling's offside for... um, I forget who scored the goal. uh, Jesus, maybe. mm. um, Where we actually know that VAR is not accurate enough to have made that offside decision, and yet they determined it offside. Imagine how you would feel in that instant. And I think this is one of my biggest gripes of var but also one i think they'll figure out is for some things we're applying it to that minuscule level of detail you know to millimeters and we're saying there is no argument with this it's you know it's fact but it's not because they're saying it's fact to a decision that they can't accurately determine. But aside from that, they're saying that's fact. And with other ones, it's still really open to interpretation. Yeah. And so one of the things I'm finding quite hard is that, like, those two things working together. One, one's same...
0: minuscule and one's just, oh, it's just interpretation. Yeah, Was it like, a foul on Origi I mean, or not? There's, there's
1: a couple, like, to give an example from the weekend, um, Klopp had a obviously had a bit of a rant for the um, United goal. goal. Now, do you guys think it, that Lindelof fouled Origi? Yes.
0: I don't think he did. I think it was a foul.
1: <laughs> I, I think it was a foul. I think Origi made a massive meal of it, which made the referee less inclined to give the foul, which I yeah. don't actually mind. Like As a yeah. principle, I'll back the referee in that, because yeah. I'm like, Origi, you didn't need to do that. All you need to do was like react to it as Normally, a normal human yeah. would, and it would be nine times out of ten a free kick. But Klopp's point was, did the referee think it was a foul, or the linesman, but hold on, we'll let things go, because that's what we've been told to do. And then VAR would go back and check it, and then VAR did go back and check it, and there's not enough to overturn it, and it's a goal. And then on the same weekend, you've got um, uh, Conor uh, H- Huleran For um, Villa. Villa, yeah. Um, Scored... Ball came out to the edge of the box, togged it in, you know, looked like a goal. But then it got disallowed by VAR. So it's given a goal and then got disallowed by a foul from Wesley on the keeper. So they thought in that instant there was clear... Clear evidence. What, what's the phrase? Clear that and for? obvious. Clear and obvious. There was a clear yeah. and obvious error. Yeah. they don't say that anymore. No, do they don't. <laughs> but but to, to, there was enough yeah. in that to disallow the goal. And I'm like, if you hold those two up together. Yeah, I, that's I just where like it ha- that. That's to me where it's really difficult. And I know you're saying you enjoy that because then you've got the conversation. It's, imp- it's imperfect. But we I, but we I, well, but I know because this is what I find so hard with it. In some ways, they're saying, no, this is a perfect system. It doesn't make errors. And I watch um, David Ellery every week on Optus Sport. Yeah. You can see he's got. he's like, oh, I'm so happy with this. Like, I <laughs> yeah. love BAR. It's brilliant. It's like, yeah. it's, you know, he, out of work he, he thinks it's ages. like the God yeah. particle. It's the best yeah. thing ever and he loves it. Um, and just, just God uh, part. You're <laughs> taking a picture of a black hole. Only and talks it together about, you know that those positive things with it. But I just my brain really struggles with that. And one we're saying it's foolproof in this, and then we're saying actually, but we really love that it's not foolproof. Yeah. I'm like, so, but, okay, so this is this is to run it against an alternative
2: that wasn't foolproof. So, so it was the referee's interpretation. I understand Klopp's whinge, but I would say that if this happened last year, Klopp would have had the same whinge and it would have been, why didn't the linesman call it? Why, yeah. why didn't his assistant call it? So what I'm saying is VAR is just AR. It just yeah. happens to be on a video. Yeah. And the same rants are happening about the same referees and the same assistants but it's just it, there's a there's a fucking acronym that's that we're all latching onto. But actually, yeah. Klopp would have just gone nuts about that because he, Klopp thought it was a foul. Yeah, and Klopp thought it was a foul that wasn't called. And then he's going to go. Well, what's the point in having linesmen? Aren't they going to tell? What's the point in having having a, a a third referee or whatever? Like that's gonna happen because he thought it was a foul. So whatever, however we sandwich it, it doesn't make a difference. Klopp yeah. thought it it's foul. I thought it it's foul. John, you didn't think it was a foul. So so no. it's, it's not clear and obvious either way. Exactly, and I
0: think. What that goal Rashford scored with the foul on Origi would have happened this year, last year and twenty years beforehand. Like it would have happened every week. The difference with the Conor Hunrahan goal is with with you having video replays of a cross coming in or a corner or whatever and they're saying there's a foul, then there's slight difference in that they can Take that scenario and look at it all and go, okay, yeah, there's a foul on the goalkeeper there, whereas that would never have happened previously.
1: But also, it is to your point again, though, it is also a bit the same in that goalkeepers have always been a bit of a protected species in that instance when they're going up and someone's challenging them. We see it, you know, see it every week, seen it for years as a corner. Yeah. There's minimal contact with the goalkeeper, but it gets ruled out, and so maybe it's a bit. So maybe it's not that different. So I, I look. I think generally I'm fairly positive about it. I think the biggest issue I have is with those um, the definitive ones, and I think we need to relook at those rules, particularly handball and offside. Mm. I have a real issue with the way the handball rule is being applied because I don't think you can have one rule for something that happens in the box. And then one yep. rule that happens for something else elsewhere on the pitch. To me, that's like that's a bad rule.
2: Well, there were ch- obviously the, the evolution. So I didn't mean to say obviously. That sounds patronising. The evolution of the handball rule in the box was to take out the the concept of intent. You know, it was if a hand if a hand hits strikes the ball intentionally, or if it's in an unnatural position. This is the rule last year. Mm -hmm. Then it's a handball, and because of that, there was an ambiguity to well, did did he mean it? Mm -hmm. Did he mean it? Was it unnatural? And and that natural
1: still there? uh,
2: Well, okay, it creates a conversation, and to have intent in there is is a real intangible. So when they removed that and said, if it hits the hand, no matter what, and that leads to a goal, it's a handball. But well, that's like, well, what I don't like. Is I, I, that if it
1: leads to a goal, so it's, it's a different rule to if it doesn't lead to a goal from the same action. That is not a good rule. No, I, I, I do agree with you. with you, you. I do agree with ruling you. based on the outcome. But again, I think th- any, any rule that is based on the outcome, the one I hate in AFL is for um, you know, when they're deciding whether someone should be suspended. You might have two people do exactly the same action in one, one case. it injures someone, yeah. Yeah, a guy gets knocked yeah. out in the... They've done the same thing. The punishment should be the same. So, so
2: I I guess the point is that has absolutely nothing to do with VAR. That is a that is a that is a natural evolution of the handball rule, which we would have been discussing no matter whether VAR existed or not. So, we have sandwiched
1: that in VAR chat, and actually, that's just a handball rule change. The thing is, we can enforce it. But it's more now because of the level of detail that we can enforce it with with VAR. That we're looking, like for instance, the Laporte handball. Yeah. Um, first, first week the season is that like uh, yeah. no more a few weeks ago where it literally scrapes his arm yeah the contact is it's a feather like yeah. and you could only mm. see it slowing it down it hasn't affected the play at all and if we were watching that normally you wouldn't even yeah. notice whereas now it's ruled out because I it then so, led I to a think goal. we're
0: seeing on that that that's slowly being phased out. I think they're chilling out on the handball because they realise they went too far. And you can see that evolving through decisions yeah. already.
2: Um, we've gone 20 minutes on VAR. Okay. So can I, uh, going... One more last question. On. If VAR existed when Ashley Young got a bird poo in his mouth... <laughs> Would that have been a foul? Yes. hundred percent. That's foul play. Because we would have just the referee would have gone up his little screen and gone, Oh yeah, he definitely got a shat in his mouth, didn't he? You see that? I got a shot in his mouth. So Hawkeye would've have, would have put a little blue a blue line up to go now. Did the poo start in front of his face or, or behind his face? What was the trajectory did he, did he of the eat poo? It or did it go into did his it, mouth? I think it went into his cheek. But if we had VAR we'd have known, wouldn't we? And we'd have gone, Oh that's
1: that's a foul. That's you can go off. You can take a concussion. What 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 did you think about the uh, wrong graphic going up for the Deli Ali goal Edmund, just, that's just, oh, just, just an yeah, yeah. yeah. non, non, error like, non-story yeah, I but, but that, I also didn't think it was handball there's lots of things I've yeah. read saying clear handball and I was like really? No, do I don't think it went anywhere shoulder. near his arm yeah. That's, yeah. A non, that's a non-event that but one. Um, yeah.
2: let's
0: move off VAR with my last point on VAR because I
1: <laughs> well no that's fair because we talk about it all the time
0: so. No, so what I was going to say is let's move on to the main night Liverpool game which we've touched on briefly anyway but what happened in the man united villa um liverpool game is mane scored a goal that was obviously a handball and he didn't he did that kind of he did a meek celebration he kind of just went oh yeah oh no i know it's a handball and i think we're going to see that happen more and more like i said about the diving It seems to have disappeared because I haven't talked about diving all season. I think people are going to less and less go, oh, yeah, that happens. You're obviously not going to have a Diego Maradona hand of God or whatever. People are going to start going, oh, yeah, this is... Hit my hand. Yeah, Yeah. I can't do it. Sorry. There was a goalkeeper who got sent off in the Champions League this morning and he just put the striker in a headlock and dragged him down. And everyone was like, what are you doing? Because there's a video, so you're off.
1: Um, it was so like the front, in the rugby it was the, the French guy against Wales yeah like, he elbowed him in the face elbowed him in the face and you just like, can't get away with
0: <laughs> it because so I think that's a positive of VAR is that you're going to get less play acting less yes. silly stuff and actually more football which is good but let's move on to Man United Liverpool was
1: no I want to hear your thoughts like cause I, I, okay. do you think Man United were good do you have are you more optimistic after that game in terms of the way United played I
0: think that as a one-off Solskjaer and his coaches tactically were very good and playing back three was perfect we just put three against three events there front three had the two wing backs that just completely killed the space for the full backs and then played Rashford and James really wide as strikers so it meant it pushed their full backs back I thought we worked out the perfect way to play against Liverpool, a Liverpool side who weren't on it and had travelled 75,000,000 miles or something in the international break so they're all exhausted um, so I think as a one-off we nailed it but we're playing at home against Liverpool and you're a main United player, if you can't get up for it for that game, you can't get for anything, like we play who do we play next week Norwich away perfect example if you 're going to do that against Liverpool, you have to do it against Norwich away next week, and you have to make sure you treat Norwich away exactly the same as you do Liverpool at home, and that 's where i don 't think we you, turned a
2: corner you 'd argue that the best way to play Norwich away would be to play the way you played Liverpool at home, but that 's yeah. not what 's going to happen no actually
1: i don 't think norwich is a, is a good example because they will continue to play their way yeah. and they'll attack so it will suit you. So I mm. actually I don't think we learned any sorry I realized I've completely cut you off, here, Jeff, but I don't think we learned anything new about United in this game. Mm. So I saw some optimism and I I didn't really feel it because I actually if so so far of the b- bigger teams this year, you've played Chelsea, which you won, opening day, you played Leicester at home, which you won, and you've drawn against Arsenal and Liverpool. Now in all those games because the other teams expect to win you'd argue or you know uh certainly will take the game to united i think it suits the way that solskjaer tries to set up which is essentially what you did against liverpool yeah. you know it was we know that you've got some quick players set up defensively try and you know hit hit the team on the break now the issue i think you have that we didn't see an answer to in this game is what happens when you play the weaker teams that you have been massively struggling to break down over the last few weeks and there's no creativity. And that I, I don't see anything different. It's a bit like remember like Wolves last year did great against the mm, um The big teams. So called big teams and then struggled with the yeah. poorer teams. I actually see United a little bit like that at I the moment. You could almost say they're a poor man's wolves. Now, I, know, I, know that, I know that's a fall from grace, but I do, like I do, yeah. that's where yeah, it's I, interesting. Yeah. I, I see you struggling is in those is in those games. Yeah,
0: no, I think you're spot on. I think there's, there's an article that came out today about um, friend of the prod Pereira, who we all think is crap and I still think is crap, saying, oh, maybe he's the perfect modern number 10. He's not. Yeah, I saw that. I, no, he's not. He just lucked out in a particular game and played quite well. And he
1: ran around a lot, but also massive things in that game. There were at least two occasions where if he would have played the right pass, you would have had a one-on-one yes. and he messed it up.
2: Yeah, so to, he's not good enough. There, there were also a few occasions mm-hmm. where Liverpool were through. Uh, Firmino's Firmino, <laughs> we uh, dragged it wide in the first half. Was it Origi who did the same in the second half? Yeah, just the hair made a couple wide. of good saves. And and their scuffed shots really—they yeah. didn't connect yeah. well enough, and they were in a position to, to, to you know do whatever they liked. Yeah. So I do think that. Um, not going to say the result flat as United. I, I am absolutely in agreement with you, Roger. We learned nothing from this. Whether uh, Liverpool were knackered, if any, if we learn anything, if we're going to take anything from this game of football, it's that there is a way to counter Liverpool's attacking fullbacks. I think, mean,
0: yeah. yeah. If anything, may not have done a massive favour to the rest of the league. Have gone. <laughs> yeah. This is how you play against <laughs> Liverpool because you put three against three, and then you put two wing backs and two wide forwards, and then you. It means Liverpool have to go through the middle, and you need their Fabinhos or Milners or whatever to be the creative spark, which they're not. Which going they're to not. Be. And Salah was injured, and that makes a difference. Yeah, yeah, that's massive.
1: Because yeah. if Salah's playing, then all of a sudden, you, you know, you mark Robertson um, and Alexander Arnold out of the game. Yeah, but and then Salah then does got, something. You Salah does something. But I think the the only thing positive thing that perhaps I'm turning the corner on a bit in a few instances in this game is McTominay. Mm. I actually thought he was quite good. And kept, like his, he was really involved in the goal. Obviously, yeah. a couple of times where I sort of saw him striding forward with the ball, like mm. carrying the ball, yeah. not just winning it and giving it off. And I sort of feel like maybe he has. I think he's got he something. got he's, something. He's yeah.
0: improved a lot this year. He's six foot two, centre midfielder. Um, can cover the ground. Can pass. If he gets it together, he's got everything there to be really good. He's never going to be a Steven Gerrard, but he could be a Jordan Henderson. Like He's not going to be the greatest player in the world, but he could do Mm. all the things. Um, If he gets it right, I think he could be really good. And I think looking at the league, Man United are 14th on 10 points, Spurs are 7th on 12 points. There is two points between them. If you look at that, you suddenly go two or three wins in a row, It's good. And I think what Solskjaer may have learnt in this game is that playing a back three works for our team. Like I think Maguire plays well in the back three. Yeah, Lindelof plays well in the back three. Chuck another centre-back in there. I think it works for the team. It makes the midfield a bit more solid and it lets us play two up front, which takes the pressure off Rashford score all the goals Martial score all the goals be Lukaku
1: or whatever it means that you've spread out that load a little bit be better yeah. when Martial's back though which he wasn't in this game which I was a bit disappointed yeah, and about.
2: he played one of those wide forward roles very well those stretched forward roles yeah um, talking about I know it's not on the running order and talking about centre-backs you see Man City this week no um, centre-backs no centre-backs they yes. had seven midfielders on the pitch <laughs> seven mid- they had yeah. a left-back a right-back a striker a goalkeeper mm. and seven midfielders yes Just listen to that again. Left back, a right back, a goalkeeper, one striker, and seven midfielders, and not one of them was Phil Foden. Give the guy a game. What is that?
1: Guardiola's probably done that before. That's the other. Well, yeah, he hates centre backs. He hates them. He
2: but I centre backs that are no good at playing centre back. Well, he's only got Mendy now, so I don't necessarily. No, John Stones was on the bench. God, if you were John Stones, you'd be just shooting yourself in the forehead, wouldn't you? Yeah.
0: Quickly on Man City, whilst we're talking about them. Man City won 5-1 this morning. Sterling scored a hat-trick. Possibly the best player in the world right now. And two assists. And two assists. But talking of best wow. players in the I world... Didn't know, I didn't know he had two assists. I, I think,
1: well, the, the thing about Sterling I said at the moment, for me, like my test of... It's like the Ronaldo-Messi test of, yeah. of, of of how good a player is, which, I mean, like says all at least about yeah. Ronaldo-Messi. But is if they are averaging more than a goal a game in terms of either scoring or creating a chance which Sterling's doing at the yeah. moment and I just think his assist at the weekend was oh, ridiculous was and amazing. even his finishes today yeah. I was like that, so clinical yeah that, thing, that whole thing of making the wrong decision it's is gone. gone and he's got that balance right between when to go quick yeah. when to slow down Um, I thought his movement off the ball for all three goals this morning was exceptional like yeah. he just knows he's just got he's learned you can yeah. see like you know, he's got that, better, and that, and yeah. I. I kind he's worked hard at it, and he's yeah. got better. And at I, I like. I've one of the things I've enjoyed about Sterling is like because he's been in so much in the public eye. You know, he got this burst onto the scene when Liverpool were going well and then made this big buddy move. Lots of people hated him. You know, there was all this stuff about his family and there's obviously been, you know, a racism mm. side to it as well. He's always been there. And so we've sort of seen seen him go through all this and he's still young. But you've also you've seen him get better. He's yeah. dealt with all that. And now I look at him and I agree with you, John. I think he's elevating into that. He's is, 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 is in that
0: top five or six in the world right yeah. now. But talking of top players in the world, the Ballon d'Or uh, nominations came yeah, out this yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the top 30 players in the world.
1: Nice oh, it's passed me by, this one.
0: Um, so <laughs> there's one big one that came out, uh, Jeff.
2: Yeri Mina? No. <laughs> Not quite. What do you mean? I thought Yeri Mina would be there. No, 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 I, no I thought he was up there with Van Dyke. So who did you vote for <laughs> Flop of the Year last year?
0: Marez. Yes, Mares is in the top no, 30. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I now, I've right. got to say, I don't often agree with Jeff, but I am
1: the top 30 players in the year.
0: Yeah, that... Marez is in the top 30. I know, I, I, I agree with you both. Does he <laughs> have lots of money that he's... In the whole year, he started nine Premier League games. Nine. Who votes for this? Uh, it's journalists. Corrupt cunts. Journalists? Are they all Sorry. called Carl? <laughs> <laughs> Um someone else who's in there that I thought was hilarious go on Hugo Lloris you're kidding me because oh, he
2: won the World Cup but that but was, that was
0: like ages ago That's well, what yeah, this I
1: just, no, I, yeah he's also
2: oh, this his, is, this is a joke is yeah. it voted for by FIFA delegates
1: probably yeah. Yeah, is it set up so that Ronaldo wins Probably, <laughs> um, um, and there were seven
0: Liverpool players in there. Seven, yes, because they won the Champions League. So Trent Alexander Arnold got in, which I liked. Really, yeah. but uh, yeah, so that's out. But that's
1: league. that is also ridiculous. So there's only 23 better players in the world than Liverpool. Than Liverpool, yep. I would just scrap, scrap it. Well, personally. start again. <laughs> New system. Well, I
2: mean, I was going to ask. I was going to start this year by going. Go Liverpool actually a bit crap.
1: Yeah. Well, well, apparently
2: we not. We talk about, we'll talk about that another week where they drop points. Wow. Well,
1: yeah, that um, passed me by. Now I'm quite irate about that. that well, sounds... let's
2: move
0: on to another crap team this week who did have one player in the uh, 30, which is a Um Arsenal lost to Sheffield United 1 0. Um,
2: are Arsenal crap? Well, I, I watched this game, right? Yeah. Um, and there is nothing more uncomfortable than Sheffield United's overlapping centre-backs. <laughs> <laughs> there is nothing more... Just to watch it. To, to watch, watch, watch the it. lumbering yeah. past. Well, no, I, I mean everything's Chris normal yeah. you can watch it oh, this, in Australia that game started at six in the morning so I was ironing a shirt that's yeah. welcome, welcome to my life yeah. I was ironing a shirt whilst watching the first half of this game of football you're comfortable or summer's you a know, killer Jeff no yeah. jumpers in I know you've got to iron, iron. you just have the, col- <laughs> have the collar out yeah.
1: um,
2: that's exactly what I thought this morning Roger I'm like oh the bloody hot weather I've got to iron now oh. um, so I'm watching this comfortably Yep. Like you you know football well enough that you can watch it comfortably you know you can yep. just enjoy it enjoy it and then suddenly there's an extra fucking player on the left I'm like wait a minute <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait a minute you, wait, wait. You, like, <laughs> I, I, you kind of naturally see the balance of a side yep. and you see it you see it going left back up to the winger and you're like oh is he going to cross it no whoa whoa <laughs> who's this who's this third party that's, the yeah. that's that's going up on the wing where did he even come from and you can see that it's not just me that's uncomfortable with it the whole Arsenal team are uncomfortable yeah. with it so like this we, we're not marking this bloke because yeah. he shouldn't be there he should be at the, the back yeah. so I can't believe it's never happened before it is blowing my mind when you watch it and I think it's brilliant it's amazing. I yeah. love seeing something new in football. And people are banging on about it. You hear, oh, Sheffield United, they're overlapping yeah. centre-backs. Watch it. Yeah. It's madness. Yeah. But they deserve to win the game. They absolutely deserve to win yeah. the game. Their goal was very Sheffield United, mm. which is fine. Yeah. But they they dominated Arsenal. Arsenal didn't have any ideas. Yeah, I think my, my only
0: concern for Sheffield United is that, at the moment, it's amazing. In the second half of the season... Everyone's going to watch them, and that's Premier League arrogance of going. Oh, we won't watch them in the Championship. We'll just, mm. like Danny Mills said. Oh, Sheffield United—they play long ball, don't they? No, you've never. No, watched they don't, them. Danny Mills. You they
2: just... play football you've never seen
0: before yes. in your bloody nice. pea-headed life. And um, so, I, but I think do think the second half of the season when Arsenal play them next time, they go, okay, this is what they do, and that's when they've got to have. And I don't know. Maybe um, Chris Wilder is it Chris Wilder? Yeah, 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 yeah. will have. The initiative to go, we're going to tweak it it slightly for the second half of the season and do something a bit
2: different. The thing is, the only thing you can do tactically is is play a defensive counter-attacking game because when you have overlapping centre-backs on both sides, if you can switch play very quickly, you know, if they play against Leicester five years ago Mm. or Wolves last year, or or, you know, teams that are so good in transition, Mm. Chelsea when Mourinho was a manager, then they will be exposed. However, not a lot of teams play with that kind of real transition. United did it when Oli first got there. They're, They're the teams that will expose Sheffield United, but Arsenal, who play possession football... Are just headless chickens against that kind of that kind of yeah. strategy, and they and they're not dynamic enough to change. They try the same thing over and over and over again. It's so Arsenal. You're watching like these short balls out from the back. I'm like, it's not working. Look <laughs> at yourselves. Like, do you want me to just hold up eleven mirrors and you look at yourself not working
1: very well? Yeah. But I I just I looked at the Arsenal team mm. for this game. And you look in the middle of the park and you're like, right, you know how Sheffield United are going to set up. They're going to primarily try and be solid. Where's the creativity that's going to break them down? Yes, you've got some quick players in, you know, Aubameyang and, and, and Pepe, but where's the, who's going to unlock the door? Like, where's that creativity? Yeah. Meanwhile, Ozil's not in the squad. Yeah. Now, I saw one thing uh, after this game from an Arsenal fan that essentially said the only thing that Emre's done well since he arrived. Now I know you quite like him, but I I quite like this comment. The only thing he's done well is managed to unite a large portion of the Arsenal fan base behind (laughs) Ozil, which no one's managed to do because everyone is so maligned at Arsenal. But I just look at this and I I mean, I actually think that there are still, there still isn't a better player at Arsenal that they should build their team around than Ozil. Now I think Ozil is a world-class player. I don't, has the ability to be a world-class player. He's won World Cup, you know, um Germany saw him as critical to their team that won the yeah. World Cup. I don't know what's happened some obviously something's happened. He's only played like twice this year, but I look at a game like this and i'm like that's that's the player you need that's the the player you need to to try and create something or do something different and he's the highest paid player there by a long way,
0: like almost double anyone else, so he's earning about four hundred grand a week. To
1: do nothing, but, and does more. that matter? Like it I doesn't know really that matter. It, it up doesn't now,
0: really it? matter, but it just seems like Arsenal. Have, w- what are you doing? Like just fire him and pay out the. Re- you, you're going to pay his contract, so just fire him and pay out the rest of his contract. Yeah, don't so let say, him linger. If he's at forty million, fuck off. Or playing, like, or play him, or play him. Yeah. exactly. And I like, think
1: the other thing for me was I looked at the back four, and I'm like the back four is crap, and yet. The other week in the, I think it was the, um, Wor- it's not the Worthington Cup anymore, Carabao Cup, whatever it is. The Milk Cup, Roger, I think they call Mil- it the Milk no, Cup. No, Milk Cup's different. <laughs> no, it's um, the League Cup. The League Cup. Uh, the Worthington t- Cup. T- <laughs> it's like 1994. Uh, Ten- Tierney played, mm. Rob Holding played, and Bellarine played. Yeah. Now to me, those three play- if Arsenal play back four, those three players are all members of Arsenal's best back four by a stretch. Yeah. Now, they haven't played together again since. And I looked at their back four for this game and I'm like, why aren't those three players playing?
0: They're all not match fit yet. So he's still slowly trying to ease them in. Tierney's been out for over a year. Bellerin's been out for over a year. Holding's been out for nine months. So they've all got massive, like, cruciate ligament injuries or whatever Mm. they've had. So it's a long process, which is why. They won't play them all together, maybe? Yeah. And why I keep backing Arsenal to do well this year is I think. I like Emery as a coach, as I keep saying, but I do think they've got had their best three defenders out for the whole season so far. They're fifth in the league. They can score goals for fun. They have one of the best strikers in the league, Bemiang. I think Pepe will take a while to get into it. And they have some really good young Kids. English players. Yeah. Like Willock looks good. Saka yeah. looks good. I think they've got the basis there. That I think if I was an Arsenal fan, I'd chill out for 18
1: months.
2: I wouldn't I'd be literally pulling the few hairs I have in my head out. <laughs> I'd I'd be losing my mind because you're seeing such incredible raw ingredients so poorly presented. It's like yeah, it's, it's like all, all you want is bit. a cake and all you have are ingredients and you just Fucking dip your head in the flour and lick it up. But they're, like but they're and missing. Like, but they're oh, missing I cake and I've got everything I need.
1: ingredients, though. Like and we said, it. We said <laughs> the it. eggs. Where are the eggs? Are the Roger? eggs? <laughs> like when Ramsey left, we said Rams. Where the eggs? with the bowl? Ramsey was their only player that could link the midfield and the attack the Yeast and they got rid of the yeast. <laughs> Ramsey was the yeast and they got rid of him and they haven't replaced him and they're not playing Ozul. So I like, yeah, you know, Abameyang, Pepe, Lacazette, icing, <laughs> icing. <laughs> right? But I like you, how far we've gone with this <laughs> cake. But you need someone to join the two together, you need someone to join the what, what's the Look. what's the defense <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, they could do with a baking tray couldn't they <laughs> <laughs> bacon tray. but yeah I, no but I do agree with you in that because the league seems to have squeezed up a bit they can sort of get away with this but I, I tell you what based to talk to Jeff's point this is another classic Arsenal moment. They have no excuse whatsoever this year for not finishing in the top four. Yeah. And if they don't finish in the top four, it is an indictment on that club. It will be like when Leicester won the league.
0: Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I think that's fair. Um, let's be- move on.
2: Go on, Jeff. What were you going to say? Well, just the league itself. Like Every time well, we, yeah. we, we bring up a club and we, we look at it and go, okay, well, Arsenal, are, what are Arsenal fifth? They're, they're, but they're you know they're three points above 12th. Yeah. Like the league is so tight this year. What does that mean? Is everyone good, everyone bad? What's going on? Um I think if the I think the playing fields evened out a
0: bit. I think the Chelsea's and Man United's of this world and the Arsenal's of the world are not massively better. Spurs 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 no, are actually bad. No no, I think Spurs I would still put I think Spurs will still finish third. Still going to win the league? No. Oh wait a minute. You've
1: you've uh I think you've noticeably dropped back a bit here, John. I think John. my uh, prediction on Spurs winning the league <laughs>
0: is going to be wrong, but I do think they'll finish third. Um but I think the Leicester's Spurs, Arsenal's, Man United's are actually not that far off the Wolves's, Southampton's Brighton's, there's, I think it's just there's Everton's. A, 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 where I can't even see them in the league because they're, oh, so oh, they're,
2: they're on the same points as Man United. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but
0: I, do, I think the quality of the league squashed up, um, so I don't think there's such a big gap. Partly because there's so much TV
2: money, everyone's this got is, money. This is my my anti-salary cap theory. Yeah, just give this everyone is, everyone, if you have unlimited... everyone going unlimited money, then eventually it'll yeah. all even out, won't it? Yeah. And yeah, then no, that's right. that'll do. Ish. Ish. Ish enough. <laughs> Ish. Ish enough. And then, but, you know, we'll just keep scattergunning because we're going to definitely talk about Chelsea, aren't we?
0: Well, yeah, we're going to go on Chelsea next. So Chelsea was next on, because they got over the line with a win and they're sat in fourth on 17 points, which at the start of the season, if you're a Chelsea fan and got a transfer ban and Frank Lampard coming in... Unknown quantity. Not really what's happening. To sit a quarter of the way through the season, fourth with a two-point gap, which, as we've just said, is huge in this league right now. <laughs> huge two-point gap. <laughs> um, I think they're doing really well. And the Newcastle game, mainly not have lost to Newcastle, is one of those banana skins. It could go wrong, you can fall over, but they've got over the line and won, so good on them.
2: Yeah, okay. No? Right. I mean, okay, things I like about Chelsea. Mm-hmm. Not a lot. Yep. Why haven't we changed our mind on Chelsea? As I say, no, why would I have changed my mind? No, like, we've been talking about this because we've all yeah. decided that they're, they're playing young okay, English players. Yeah, you know, they've got five young English players. Yeah. That's the thing I like about Chelsea. Yeah. I enjoy that. Um, that's not their fault. They haven't chosen to play five young English players. They have a transfer ban and an inexperienced manager who used the same English players because they were on loan at the only club he knew. The yeah. only time he's ever been a manager was when he has a year at Derby and he loaned what Chelsea considered was crap players. Because they were on loan, not crap. Look, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm spitballing here, but uh, so we're praising Frank Lampard for playing these young players. He literally has no choice. Yeah, and I, I like that they're doing it. It's good for England. He's, he's, he's like a development side for the England national side <laughs> yes. in in a year that everyone is so pants yeah. that actually, you know, Labrador boy can just just do, well, his, do his thing Hudson I've, Odoi
1: started start look quite good in this he's game he's
2: amazing he's an
0: amazing kid they, they've got some really good players but to your point Jeff I've put on the running order is Frank the new Eddie I hate Eddie Howe you know I hate Eddie Howe yeah. and the reason I hate Eddie Howe is fundamentally because the media like white blonde kid who's English and think oh he must be brilliant at what he's doing and tell him he's brilliant Frank Lampard is becoming the new Eddie Howe everyone just says oh he's brilliant, exactly he's, right, brilliant. he's brilliant he's brilliant actually is he any good we don't know yet we've said this before on here we don't know if he's any good but it is a little sickening how everyone goes oh it's brilliant he's brought these players through it's brilliant he's done no choice yes he's He's got no no choice choice
2: to bring those players in
0: and anyone who wanted to could have done it so i think it's good that he's got faith in them and i think a sari for example would have given up on abraham after three games and gone you haven't scored after three games. I'll put Giroud in. But he's stuck with him and had faith in them. So
2: that's good. But is he a good manager? Don't know. But these things are... Of course we don't know. And, and every week... In fact, we do know. Because there's 20, there's 20 managers in the league. And you'd argue, what's the point of a league table if we don't say that Frank Lampard's the fourth best manager? Because they're sitting fourth. Mm. But I'd argue to with myself that that's not a very good point. Yeah. Um, mm. <laughs> I would say that every single week apart from perhaps when he plays Man United, every No, I'm not even going to pay that. Every single week, Frank Lampard is up against a better manager than himself. Yeah. I would say he's the worst manager in the Premier League. And I would say that because he has a year and a half's worth of management experience under his belt. And every single week he comes up against a more experienced, more astute manager who has, who has had more real-life human examples of what to do in situations. And Frank Lambert is naive to those. He has some incredibly good players at his disposal and he has chosen his best 11 regularly. That's great.
1: Do you know... You might be right. Well, but I think there's more to it's not just about man you can also learn some of those skills when you're a player as well. And he's had the opportunity to play with some good teams and good players and learn some of those things along the way. So it does I get what you're saying. He's the most inexperienced manager in the league, but it doesn't always follow. There's some very experienced managers that are rubbish. Like Steve Bruce. And, and we do like Steve Bruce. And we do see some Relatively inexperienced managers who are very good. You know, you get people like Mourinho and Pochettino who don't have massive... Um, you know, it wasn't like Mourinho had a huge amount of experience when he came to Porto. Like, he'd, he'd served some apprenticeship in... Bobby Robson uh, at uh, Barcelona, Robinson, yeah. Barcelona, but it wasn't, you know massive amounts of experience. Yeah, I, ju- I just think that Did the- Lamps do anything like that? Did he have any or did he go straight No, to- no he went straight to Derby. He, went he to retired he was, um, played at yeah. um, Man
2: City, New York City. Yeah. Then he went to Derby County as a manager for one year, loaned a bunch of Chelsea players, had Chelsea's youth team coaches as as his assistant,
1: and then both of them went back to Chelsea. But yeah. well, I do agree with you essentially he's 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 the worst manager in the league. Well, more that he's just like it's very similar Week to week, there's nothing. Just there's his, nothing revolutionary yeah. about it. It's just yeah. sort of. And,
2: and how from. could we expect there to be? I, I, if we would argue without thinking about Frank Lampard, the worst manager in the league, we'd say Steve Bruce because statistically he has the worst Premier League record. Now he has that over what five hundred games? Yeah. more than that. So you'd argue that Steve Bruce, being statistically the worst manager in the league, is still better than Frank Lampard. Yeah, which makes Frank Lampard the worst manager in the league.
0: Let's move off Chelsea on that point. That's quite a good point, though. Let's move on to what is known as the M derby, which was uh, Everton against West Ham. Everton got a win, Jeff. Um, you win two 0 at home to West Ham. Turns out, if you just drop Sylvie Giver, Giff- what's his name? Sylvie Gilfie Sigurdsson, and play Tom Davis,
1: you win. Now, before well, before Jeff talks about this, yeah, okay. Can I just? I also watched this game, yeah. and I was. Um, Talking to Jeff during the game through the wonders of modern technology, yeah, and What's that? I was really enjoying it because I'll, I'll let I'll let Jeff talk about the game. But essentially, Everton were completely dominant in this yep. game for a long time, but they just couldn't get a second goal. And it just had that. It just had that fit. The longer it went on, I was like, "Oh, this is great." <laughs> West Ham are a hundred percent. Gonna, gonna, gonna get an equaliser. Yeah. This is just, it was, it was like it was gonna happen. And yeah. like, you know, Everton kept missing sitter after sitter. After, and some of them were so bad. And you're like, come on. <laughs> and then I was like, it must be. And then West Ham got a corner and I was the most excited I've been about a corner for a while I was like here we go this is it it was like 87th minute corner brilliant Jeff are you watching and the corner comes in falls the West Ham player and I, I think I actually leapt off the sofa it was funny. I was so excited Pickford saved it with his shoulder. It was one of those brilliant saves that he knew nothing about. It yeah. just hit him in the shoulder. and then, Positioning, Rog. And then Sigurdsson scores the, the second goal. goal. But it was so, so oh, close yeah. to not being, you've been happy. I mean, Everton were <laughs>
2: absolutely dominant, but they definitely put you through the ringer. As an Everton fan, that game was hard to watch, even though it does show you a few things. Like we've questioned Marco Silva. I know these are ambiguous points, but the players certainly did up their game, knowing that that was a high-pressure game, which means they're playing for their manager. That's a good thing. Making five changes before that game, really positive. Uh, Tom Davis played really well. I I don't think Tom Davis is the most gifted footballer. I'd say that, arguably, McTominay is a more gifted footballer Mm. than Tom Davis. But what Tom Davis gives you is... Absolute drive. Mm-hmm. Like he is a bulldog. And he's just he's a skinny, ratty bulldog. Yeah. Like he's the type of player that you would hate to go up against because he's a strong, wiry little yeah. shit, you know. Yeah. Um, but Gomez, I think, was mad of the match. Amazing the way he swept things up, and that's not a t- it wasn't it's not Gomez's game to play like that, but he still did it. You know, he's yeah. going back and he's 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 nicking the ball off the toes of, of attackers. However, if I'm gonna Put credit on Marco Silva, the game changer was dropping Sigerson and putting Wovi as number ten. yeah, I think everything went through him it was uh, it was positive, it was risky, it was a lot quicker, much quicker, and you know one of the things that um that Sigerson and rightly so gets criticized for is recycling too much, too high up the pitch. so when things go through Sigerson. He keeps it going in the same yeah. direction at the same pace. Whereas yeah. woby constantly dropped the shoulder and turned and ran at goal. Even if it was running into a into a cul-de-sac, he would still do it. Yeah. And because of that, when he gets tackled, there's rebounds and things happen, you know. So it might be less safe, less secure. Yeah. But Alex Woby was very, very good. And I hate to say it, but Wilcott was good. I thought Wilcott was
0: excellent. Like, he hasn't
2: started all season. No, nah, he'll never hit a volley as Chris as he did in the second shot. half oh, yeah. went off went off the bar. Yeah. So, I take it back. I thought West Ham were going to win this game. I take it back. It's the first time this
1: year I've watched Everton and I've actually been hopeful. Was I the only one that tipped Everton in this? I think so. So, the other thing that I found interesting about watching this game, Everton played quite differently. Mm. It was, like, deconstructed. Like, it was a million miles an hour. There wasn't a huge amount of skill. I don't think that either of these teams are brilliant after watching this. Um, But... The effort was there from Everton. And we talked about it before. Maybe Sigurdsson slows theme down. And the thing I really noticed about it is Everton had pace on the game. And you're right, it's not Gomez's natural game. And I also thought he was brilliant in this mm. game because he kind of went with that. And he was still the one player that was able to put his foot on the ball, get his head up, pick the right pass, but not just give it easy. Also, mm. you know, mm. pick a difficult pass. But I thought Everton looked much better playing at this pace and i think they've got more players suited to this than they do playing the slow, because, yeah. The yeah. slow like deliberate possession Alcott,
0: football Richarlison, wobey they're all pace and just they're quickly. Ken. Mo, like just, yeah.
1: i'm like yeah get it get it forward quickly and let those guys do their thing and that is what you did and and you know you've got attacking fullbacks mm. that can get involved in that as well and yes it might be a bit open at times and do you know what i even feel like marco Silva is more comfortable Playing like when he was yeah. doing well with Watford, they weren't particularly solid at the back, but they looked really good going forwards. Y- you'd, yeah. a-
2: you'd argue that Everton are best when they're
1: frantic. Yeah. yeah, and that's what it, you're right, and it was frantic. That's ex, that's a great uh, word for it. And, that, uh, um,
2: and that's when they when they are most exciting, and that's when the crowd gets behind them because it's exciting to watch. So have Everton turned a corner, Jeff? You can't say that after one game, um, but can. they should
1: have. Like realistically, Everton should have won this game four or five nil. Yeah, like, okay. there were so many chances and, and such by, a dominant performance by the same. What's the word? But I don't it's know. West Ham away.
2: Have West Ham turned a corner? the wrong direction well you can't judge West Ham by this game because they were so bad but West
0: Ham have had a bad they haven't won in four games like they they started really well and they're slowly just falling off I just don't
2: think this represents anyone like you you can talk about Everton because you could see that You could see a game plan. You could see what they're trying to do. You could see interplay. There's no way to judge West Ham on this game of football because they didn't show anything. So so you can't say they were tactically naive. You can't say that anyone had a bad game because they didn't touch the ball. They just just didn't show up. And because of that, you can't say that they're chokers. You can't learn anything about them at all.
1: Declan Rice got overrun. Like they were talking yeah. about before the game, when it you know Evans formation came out and playing essentially two in the middle and just Gomez and Davis. All the talk was about only playing two in the middle. West Ham's yeah. midfield going to overrun them, but it was completely the opposite. And like Declan Rice was just fighting a, a losing battle. Yeah, and West was Ham just could, on his own. Yeah, they couldn't around. really keep the ball, and it yeah. just kept coming back and back and back. And
2: La- last thing I'll say on this game, yeah. without banging on too much, is. I've never been more impressed and frustrated with a goal in my life than Bernard's. Oh, yeah. oh yes. <laughs> So if you've not what seen it, it's brilliant.
1: Shoot, shoot,
2: shoot. Oh no, I'm gonna run you all get, the way around. Yeah, so here. for those who haven't seen it, it gets played through. It's it's one of those like typical kind of half-angled cut played through yeah. breaks yeah. the offside trap he's there it's on his right about to take a shot
1: doesn't cuts back literally walks back towards his own goal there's then two defenders a big loop as well yeah, yeah nine then, times out of ten across the keeper in the bottom corner goal what are you doing yeah, yeah. and yeah. so you're screaming at you
2: you're telling because he's fucked it up and he's fucked it up and it feels like ten minutes passes <laughs> whilst you're going
1: oh he's fucked it up <laughs> and
2: then suddenly how did he creep it behind the keeper it's yeah. The dra- like,
1: but the drag back was amazing. Yeah, the drag but back was very good. Brilliant and horrible all at once. I've got one question before we move off it. Lucas Digne. Yeah. Captain Lucas Dina. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. I, that, that was my reaction. I was like, that, really? Like,
2: well, he's the player that has created most chances for Everton in the last 18 months. Does that make him a new captain, Jeff. Well, the- Yeah, that's, that's not an answer <laughs> to the question. No,
1: I, well, look, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was a bit bizarre. Yeah. I'm like, is he doesn't strike me as a leader. He strikes me as a was bit his of birthday? A, a stroppy, flaky left. There's there's I'm a like... there's a
2: pecking order and I would have thought Tom Davis was ahead of him. You know, yeah, usually it's it's Sigerson. But he never plays. Um, but last time Tom Davis last time Michael, the pecking order Michael existed. Kane? Yeah. Um Yeri Mina,
0: No. <laughs> <Move> <laughs> on. right, let's move on. Now a couple
2: of quick Premier
0: League ones, because 'cause we're running out of time. So Leicester beat Burnley and a third. So we can just confirm that I'm going to be right about that and they're going to finish in the top four.
1: Juicy cross from Harvey Barnes in this. For... Yeah,
0: I think like Leicester are really good and Vardy just
1: keeps scoring and Tillemans is brilliant. I have some sympathy with uh, old Husky, um, Sean Dyche with the wood goal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah, that's fair enough.
0: Um, and Villa beat Brighton. Um, Jack Grealish was brilliant
2: in this game such terrible hair ever since you told oh. me he had terrible hair I can't stop concentrating yeah, on his awful. hair it's
0: awful hair awful shorts as well don't look at his shorts he has really skinny small shorts can we
2: put him on the twat meter because of his hair oh like? definitely yeah, yeah. yeah okay so yeah. he's on it yeah. so, so now there's three on the twatometer yeah there's Lalana. speaking of that Lallana the, like, as soon as we start mentioning him first goal in 18 months <laughs> yeah, there he is <laughs> it's because of us
1: um, but also his hair's um, a bit like Lee Hendry's too yes Stephen Henry. But I wanted Hendry. to mention
0: um, Aaron Moy. Because uh, oh. he had a bit of a silly game. Like, Aaron Moy's played really well the last two or three games for Brighton. Start like, getting back into it, finding his position in that team at Brighton. And then gets too
1: just Did you feel like it's dumb. a bit unfortunate, though? It, it's
0: unfortunate. No, Soz,
2: if you're going to kick the ball away, that's your fault. Soz. Soz Azza. <laughs>
0: the, first, the first one How old are you? Is, dumb, is just dumb on his part. And then for kicking it away. And then second, don't go in for that tackle. Yeah. Like, you just made yourself a yeah. target. Just, just
2: had a massive brain fart. And, yeah. and they need a player like that. Like, for those who don't know or remember, Aaron Moy played for Melbourne City. And I used to go see him live every week. I am a huge Aaron Moy fan. But he sometimes can be an idiot. mm I mean it's it's there for the world to see this week but he sometimes is a stupid player. Yeah. He's an amazingly creative and, and succulent player like he does things at his own pace and and the game revolves around him but sometimes he's a moron.
0: Can we ask you quickly as we move off Premier League on the A League because you went to watch Melbourne City this week? Yes. How was it?
2: Better than I expected. Okay. Who this is the thing. We we spoke at the beginning of the at the, uh, at the McLaren? Top of the running order about what it's like to be in the stadium with VAR and we don't have it. I mean, we've had it in the A League for a long time and we've experienced it in the stadiums. So as a fan, it's it's interesting. um it's it was hard to statistically analyse this game because I took my three and a half year old son and all he wanted to do was like throw his ice cream on a little girl that was sitting in front of us so it was it was really hard to pay as much attention as i wanted to but um but it was it was a good game of football we spoke a few weeks ago about how the a league has has changed in its structure this year and there is more investment in in uh, infrastructure and kids and and you can tell that. So you, you can tell that the it feels like the average has increased. Yeah, uh, improved. Pardon me. I, I've watched a lot of A League football in the last two weeks, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna turn around and tell you it's a good league. It's not, but it's better.
0: Yeah, and that's and they've got to have a long term plan and structure. They've got to make it increment. You can't just go. We're going to be the MLS. No, you have to incrementally get
2: there. And I tell you what, the one thing that has really uh, um, kind of excited me this week is you know, Scudamore, what's his name? What's his first name? Which Scud- Scudamore, the Premier League guru. Is it Scudamore? Scudamore. Scudamore, the Premier League guru. What was his job? He was CEO. He CEO paid ridiculous yeah. amounts of yeah. corrupt money. Yeah. Now, when he left the Premier League last year, he signed a, um, an agreement that meant he couldn't go to any of the major leagues globally for three years. Now, because the A League is so bad, it's not included in that in that yeah. clause. So, what he's done is he's come as an independent advisor. He's being paid by the A League because this is the year that the governance has changed, from just like the Premier League yeah. did in the nineties, from the from the national footballing body to an independent business. And and so, so he spotted his next gravy so, train. Yeah, so exactly right. Yeah, so so he's come to Australia to advise on how to manage that transition in a successful way, and that can I be think that's good. Nothing yeah. but exciting for the A League. Well,
1: and you you seem positive, and I I what I would say about the A League is I think for the last two seasons it's gone backwards. Stagnant. I think, I think we were stagnant, seeing yeah. progression, and then it got to a peak of K O coming back, and then it's gone backwards. So yeah. maybe they do need to reset a bit and go, okay, this model, maybe it got us as far as it, it could in terms of the older marquee players. Maybe we just need to go, let's invest in youth and yeah. see where that goes. Yeah, what's the next thing?
0: Um, let's go on to side stories.
1: Um, Jeff, you got any side stories?
0: Nothing this week. Sorry, Roger, John. You got anything? Uh, yeah, I got two. Go on. Um,
1: Amazon TV.
0: Yes. So the Premier League is showing games on Amazon TV for the first time ever this year. Yeah.
1: But, but what is that? What is Amazon TV? So Amazon Prime. <laughs> I saw this and I was like, "We'll get to the point." But I don't. I... Okay,
0: so Amazon Prime is exactly the same as Netflix. You pay a monthly subscription, um, and if you pay for Amazon Prime, you get free delivery on Amazon as well. Um, but you, it's just you can get the Man City documentary on it, and they make their own TV shows and stuff. You pay five ninety nine a month or whatever it is in the UK. Um, nine ninety nine. Are they
2: paying us for this? No, 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 no. Sorry, sorry. Uh,
0: Yes, I get paid by Amazon. I get free Amazon, by the way. Um, and you pay them a monthly subscription, you watch their TV. It's the same as Netflix. And
1: now they've bought they've the bought rights, rights to, to a s- small amount of games? Or? Yes,
0: so they bought rights, I think, 20 games,
1: so it's just two weekends. Exclusive rights? Exclusive because rights. Because they're outside of... The UK, they can show all the games, or are they showing all the games in the UK? They're doing
0: the games in the UK. They're legally they're not allowed to do the three PM games, so they're spreading them over the weekends. So There's a game like Friday PM. This a is Friday. where
1: it's so I, yeah. The reason I brought it up, right? Yeah. It's like Boxing Day, so yeah. I they essentially the Premier League has adjusted kickoff times to suck off. Uh, Jeff Bezos or whatever his name yeah. is which I don't like so they've got like you know it's like a 12.30 a 2.59 yeah. uh, like a 4.04 yeah. like ju- you know just so Amazon have got five games on Boxing Day now Boxing yeah. Day is one of my favourite football days of yeah. the year and I love it and it's I love the I love the traditional element because it's always been there, three pm, everything's 3pm yeah. and you watch it and now there's all this stuff and the reason it got in the news is because Liverpool v Leicester is kicking off at 8 p.m.
0: Yeah.
1: Now, there is no public transport available in liverpool at that time on boxing day so you are making it incredibly difficult for people to get to and from the ground and obviously things like taxis and ubers and stuff are much less on boxing day as well because it tends to be a day when everyone's at home with the family and it's definitely not going to be a family occasion going to the game when you're putting it at 8 p.m you can't take your kids or anything and i just feel like it just I just saw that and I was like, "This is gross." Like, I understand there's an element of this we can't avoid in terms of the money in football, but if you are essentially bending over for Amazon to just because they're putting it on when they want to put it on, something's wrong.
2: I'll tell you, I think we, I don't disagree, but I think we need to be a bit, a little bit less precious. This already goes on in every other league in the world. In Spain, they have kickoffs at ten o'clock at night, don't they? When yeah. they're
1: going to when they're going to move a game to but, the and then for the Chinese market they, they also like... have siestas so they have a nap in the afternoon so yeah so find... it's a bit different but what's saying we can't nap in the afternoon <laughs> well, like that's <laughs> well, Boxing Day I might actually that's, that's, that's the what... real solution here <laughs> that's, that's what we should be working with John jeez no I d- it just didn't sit right with me so I mm. saw that and I was gross and the other one I've got is um, over in Mexico yeah I don't know if anyone saw this there was a um, top division game in Mexico Tigre v Veracruz um, and the Veracruz players haven't been getting paid and so ah, they went on yeah. strike during the game oh wow in the first few minutes and so they all just stood still and amazing T- scene. Tigre yeah. scored two goals while this was happening but they literally just all stopped. of a sudden all stopped and just stood there like statues while they played around them and scored two them. goals yeah. yeah that's awesome <laughs> but it was just bizarre to watch yeah it's amazing scenes. Yeah,
0: um, I've got a couple of little ones. From Turkey, um, Daniel Sturridge scored his first goal for Traps on Sport. Yeah, I saw that. Really? And they are top Was of the it league. a good goal? I haven't seen the goal. But they, he scored his first goal for his new club, and they're top of the league. So you might go from Champions League winner to winner of the Turkish, Turkish Schupele- League. Turkish um, League. And in the Turkish League as well, a goalkeeper got sent off after 13 seconds. So... 13? The kickoff happens, and plays around a bit and then someone hoofs it upfield and the keeper runs out catches it but doesn't think about where he is and he's just come out of the penalty box oh no and then he's way. just looked at it and just gone oh shit and just dropped the ball and walked off <laughs> oh <laughs> <laughs> I,
1: mean, I think it's brilliant just one of those complete brain yeah. so, Um yeah. before
2: we get on to, to the end game we can't let this shed finish without um, a mention of Danny Welbeck oh okay I just don't feel like we will ever have the chance to mention Danny Welbeck again on the shed. After his four minutes of playing. He got four minutes for Watford. Does he play for Watford now? Um, Now, I've been thinking about this all weekend and all week, and I started by laughing. Because okay. I, I, I saw him like tweak his hammy and I was like, he well be And then I just kind of felt a bit sad for the bloke. Oh god, yeah. Like he he's been through the mill and he's got another chance. he on a pay as you play deal. Yeah. And yeah. he was an England striker only what do you two mean years. He's ago. been
1: through the mill. We'll still be Gareth Southgate will pick him in every England squad until he. <sighs> Gareth Southgate like, has never picked him. No, but he picks him in the squad. He picks, all picks him in the time. squad.
2: No, he's never he's never picked him in a squad. No, that no, can't be no, right. No, it
0: was Roy. Yeah, it's Roy that oh, picked him a squad. Yeah, Roy was,
2: he um, was Roy's boy. Yeah. Oh, I, I just I just feel a bit bad for him because it, yeah. it would be it would be so harsh to have such a bright future and to be so consistently fragile that you can't last four minutes. Yeah, that's no, a start, which means he would been training great all week, part of the strategy, and he just get he wasn't even doing anything. He was just standing there, and he went,
0: oh, yeah. there <laughs> it
2: goes, yeah, like he, a violin string. He um.
0: Started the game before, and he came on as a sub in the game before that, and they were like, "Yes, he's back. This is it." So he's like, "Yes, yeah, starting main striker. Troy Deeney's out. He's the main man."
2: Yeah, and he, and he knew ping. it too. he just went bing, and he, he just started walking off. Yeah, his eyes just went, went has
1: he always been injury prone? Yes, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. always. I, I yeah, um, I just I think he's done more than enough with his, with his ability because I've always thought he's inherently average, and he's you know played for anxiety. his country a few times. Danny,
2: can, not very well, Beck. <laughs>
0: right let's move on to the end game so this is the uh, exciting end game fingers on buzzers so just to recap I'm on two points Jeff's on two points Roger on one point (laughs) which was partly a default one point default point half point Um, I'm on two aren't I no half so I think everyone knows the rules by now but basically I'm going to pick a game and you have to name people that played in that game if you get someone that came on as a sub you get another go Now, the game I'm going for is a Champions League game, because we had some Champions League games this morning. And Tottenham played this morning. So it's a Tottenham game. And Ajax play against Chelsea tomorrow morning, which I'm quite looking forward to watching. So this is the Ajax v Tottenham second leg of the semi-final from last season. So it's only five or six months ago. Tottenham won 3-2 and got through just at the end. With goal from a certain player who I won't name because that will give someone away. Um, Jeff, as you were the games master last week, you can
2: go first. No, I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, I'm going to go for Harry Kane. <laughs> Harry Kane was injured; he didn't oh, play. No, you, but
0: the new rule is that Rog has to get one right for him to win. Hugo Lloris. Hugo Lloris played.
1: God damn it. I had so many Lott on my Luriente list. played, didn't he? And Lucas Moura played up front.
0: So Lloris, Rose, Vertonghen, Aldo Aral, Trippier, Sissoko, Wanyama, Son, Ali, Ericsson, Lucas. I had,
1: I had Son, oh God, Sissoko,
2: Moore. Lloris, De Jong. I had so Tadich. many on my list. Tadic, Frankie De Jong, Delict, Ligt, Daly Blind. Oh, God damn it. I ruined this game by just being <laughs> rubbish. Harry Kane... Do you know what that means? We're and you on...
1: don't like Harry Kane, that's my favourite. Yeah. Part and of we're all, all on two things. points.
2: What a sandwich toasting fool. <laughs> um, has anyone got anything else before we go? No, it's rigged.
1: <laughs> <laughs> rigged. Thanks for listening, everyone.
0: Uh, we will be back next week. Don't forget if you want to get in contact or ask us questions um, or provide a game uh, for the end just find us on Facebook or shoot us an email at footballshedpodcast at gmail.com thanks for listening everyone bye
1: see ya Ridge.